Hey, welcome to Different Spokes. My name is Matt Smith. Thanks for checking this shit out. My guest today is Sam Downs. He's a videographer from the Central PA area. He's been in New York City for the past two years, so when he was home for the holidays, I figured I'd hit him up and get him on the show and catch up a little bit. Our schedules didn't meet up perfectly for Xmas, so uh, we did it over the phone instead a little bit after. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Different Spokes. Kick it off, man. I'm yeah. down for whatever. We can talk about whatever. What town are you actually from? I, I know that you're from around here, like near York, like Carlisle. Is that right? I'm actually from Lancaster. Oh, yeah. So I grew up in a little town outside Lancaster, uh, Millersville. Um, near the university? Yeah, like yeah. right by the university so like that's when i started riding like street like um around the university because it was like i don't know you, you just i had so many obstacles and stuff there um yeah. it was just perfect but the, the cops there kind of suck because they don't have anything better to do so so what how did you get into riding um so basically it all started like i actually started uh doing motocross mm. like for a while um, in high school, um, and I went, like, me and my brother and my dad would just go to, like, tracks and stuff, and we'd travel around Pennsylvania, and, um, yeah, we, we were just, we were doing motocross for a while, and I had a couple different bikes, and then, um, it started to get, um, one, really expensive, and then we moved to, like, more, like, closer to the city. Mm. So we were living out in the country for a little bit, and then we moved closer to the city. And, yeah, it got way too expensive to keep doing motocross. And yeah. um, BMX was, like, kind of a relatable thing because it was, it was very similar. But it was um, just the environment that I was in. Like, there was a lot more to, like, ride street and stuff. So mm -hmm. uh, I ended up doing that. It was just it like it just made it made more sense to me. Who was like, the first person you knew that you rode with? Rode with? Yeah, like I don't know if you started with them or something. Uh, I'd have to say a couple of them don't ride anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but the one guy that I've probably known the longest is Carl Espy. Oh right. Um, yeah, you know Carl, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, so he, I actually got introduced to Carl through one of my friends, uh, CJ mm -hmm. and CJ was like, uh, he was like one of my best friends in high school and we'd kind of just go ride the university and, and take trips to Lancaster when we could, but it was a fairly small scene. And then, um, yeah, I mean, just Carl just traveled way more he went to like actual events and he just knew more people in the industry and stuff so um I'm, he's never really stopped riding and I, I've stopped a couple times but um, okay. he's always been like that direct connection when I go back to Pennsylvania so uh, or like back to Lancaster so you still see you still hang out with him to this day uh yeah sometimes I haven't seen him in a while but um yeah. he uh yeah, he, he holds it down. He's been, he's a freelancer like me, so he's kind of like all over the place. Like, I know he was living in Texas for a little bit, and like, yeah, I don't know where he's at right now. Cool. So, where, yeah, where, did you meet, where did you meet him? Just uh, around? So, he would just, 
it was our uh, just a connection through uh, CJ. So mm-hmm. CJ would there was a couple of us. Like CJ was my main buddy that got me into riding, and then um, we'd end up just getting like mobbing out with like a crew in the university. And um, Carl was the one guy that you know would always have like a trick. Like if we were going to like a stair set, and like most of us were like nah we're not doing anything down this it's like way too big he's like oh i'll try something at least like, <laughs> um yeah he was he was the one that had the most motivation out of all of us and he was also the best so um he was a little bit older he was like he's like three or four years older than me so um yeah carl carl was the man he he uh he was always down to ride the motivation was always there and he he he, t- he took it a lot more seriously than most of us like mm-hmm. Most of the guys that got me into riding don't really ride anymore because, like, they got into cars or they, like, have a full-time job and don't have time to ride or have families. But um, Carl's always been the guy that's, like, I don't know, put BMX first and kind of, like, I don't know, drew, drew like, a a good path. Like, I don't know. He didn't didn't make it, like, a career, but he uh, definitely took it more seriously than most of us. Like a, like a strong hobby. Yeah, and he would, like, film and stuff. Like, a lot of us were, like, I don't know. We were just kind of doing it, like, because it was fun. We'd actually, like, you know, the amount of riding that we would actually do versus, like, how much shit talking and, like, <laughs> drinking beer and stuff was going yeah. on is, like, <laughs> it was, like, 70-30. But yeah. so he was always the one that was just, like... You know, I'm not, you, you guys can go do, like, hang out and, like, do your hooligan shit over here, and I'll just, like, I'm strictly all about the riding, so. Mm-hmm. He was a nice guy to have around, because it would keep the motivation, like, like, super good. Yeah, and, uh, but. so you, so you got, you kind of started off riding street. Were you always uh, four pegs, no brakes? No. <laughs> uh, so, I start, so, kind of, like, when I started, uh, the transition from like motocross like i had a bike still but it was getting like way too expensive um you know the gas and then the, the maintenance to go on like uh dirt bikes and stuff was just it, it was too much and it was also like travel fees like we'd have to like the closest like track that we would go would be like treadmont tower city and mm-hmm. that's like not close to lancaster like that's like a good two and a half hour drive and our dad would just drive us up there all the time. So it was really like the transition of going from motocross to BMX. Like I didn't, like it was all dirt jumps with obviously with dirt bikes, but then I transitioned and I just kind of like gravitated to what felt natural. And that was like, not dirt, you would think it would be dirt, but I thought like bull riding was a lot more like natural to me. Cause it was like kind of like a pumping motion. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so I actually, I like rode bowls a lot more than I rode street, and I was, I had I had back brakes, I had uh, no pegs for the longest time, and then I kind of like, right around like college years, I, I kind of drifted away from BMX for like a year or two, hmm. and I was like focusing on, on school and stuff, and then... Um, I started getting back into it when that Reed Menser Park was oh, built. Yeah. So I, I went to school in York, and when um, when 
I was done being built. I uh, I remember just like the year after it was built, like just like a massive scene like starting in New York just because of that skate park. Yeah. So I would I would ride that. Like I got back into it and I was pegless with back brakes and I would just I wouldn't even touch the ledges or anything. <laughs> And it was like strictly just like no tricks, just carve the bowls, and that was it. Right. And like manuals and shit. And who, who are some of the bike riders around that you were looking up to as you were getting started? Like um, some of the like that reader in like, uh, in general that maybe you saw in the magazines or in the videos. Anybody really? Um. Well, I mean, I always had like a. I don't know. I I always I've always followed like the older guys. Cause like. I say older, sounds pretty crazy, but like Van Homan and like Aiken and shit, like yeah. those are always the guys I always like watch growing up, but now it's evolved so much and it's just, it, it's great. The level of riding nowadays is insane. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's gotten so wild. Like I think majority of like what I watched when I was a kid, like, I mean, Obviously, like Edwin and Brown and all those guys on Animal and shit, but um, like it was, it was mostly Van Homan that I, w- I would watch, like Criminal Mischief and all that shit, like you know the VHS shit. Like I would always wear that or always watch that stuff, and it was just I don't know the fact that he was like not from Pennsylvania, but like most of his footage was like Philly, and like, yeah. I remember seeing like some Harrisburg clips and stuff in his old videos, and I was like, whoa, it's like. I had just had a direct connection with him because it was like he was on my home turf kind of shit. Like mm-hmm. it was cool to see like a professional rider ride like the same rail I've been to. It was wild. Yeah, like, like uh, it's kind of like oh these guys are your neighbors, but they also happen to be pretty substantial in the whole realm of things. Yeah, yeah, like for sure. Growing up, I didn't know that. Growing up in PA, I didn't know that trails, like PA dirt was such a, a sought-after thing. I didn't know dirt was crappier than PA dirt, or you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, seeing seeing so many shots of, of Philly in all the magazines growing up, you know, you're like, oh, my God, yeah. everything's happening a couple towns away, not a couple states yeah. or countries away. Yeah. It was kind of, yeah, kind yeah. of charges was, you up a little bit. Yeah, it, it was wild to see that, and... Um, Getting, kind of getting back to your like your first point is like when I I would see all this this like like a, there was like a there was like a different generation to when like I was like starting to ride it yeah. was like Van Homan and Aiken and I'd watch those guys and then like when I stopped I felt like I thought I only stopped for like a year or two and I came back into it and it was like a completely different like it, not much time had passed but like I don't know, maybe I was just sleeping on it, but, like, the, the professional riders, like, it wasn't even the same guys anymore. Like, I got back into it and started, wa- like, I started watching more street and stuff, like, um, and it was, like, Garrett Reynolds, Dakota Roche, like, Ty Morrow, like, all these yeah. guys that, like, were young guns and I had never heard of when it was, like, Van Homan and them, when I watched Van Homan and them, it was, like, I felt like I only took, like, a year off, but it was, like, a completely different... Um, realm of riders that came into it. Yeah. But, well, what what caused you to, to stop the first time? Did you just kind of like decide it wasn't for you for a second or? Um, no, I mean, mostly because like, one, I didn't, 
I had a car, so I didn't need to use the bike as transportation mm-hmm. anymore. And I was just like, I was really focused on school, and I just, I probably used this excuse too much, but I just didn't have time for it. Yeah, um, it was easy to put it on the back burner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially in Pennsylvania, when it's like, there's there's definitely a good scene in PA, but what I've learned since I moved to New York is like. The, pe- the people around you, like, keep you motivated to keep riding. Yeah. Like, in Pennsylvania, there was a scene, but as soon as, like, I remember, like, just, like, it was maybe, like, a year or, like, six months before I moved to New York, it was, like, a lot of, like, the scene wasn't the same anymore. Like, mm-hmm. the, the scene wasn't really, like, at least in New York, it wasn't really, like, popping up as much as it was. And yeah. then I, I moved to New York, and it was just, like, a whole nother, like... Like, I was so much more motivated to ride just because of, like, living here and stuff. There's so many people here that it was just so many different styles, so many different kinds of people. It was just, like, it was, that, that's why I, like, started to take it a little bit more seriously. So what what caused the um, idea for you to go to college in New York? Or that's why you initially went, right, for school? Uh, well, no, I went to school in York, PA. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did go to yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I went sorry, to I'm school in New York. Mixed up. And no, it's cool. Um, I went to school in York, and then... And what did you study there? Uh, so, digital arts. I got my associates there, and then... Um, which was like... It was like a hodgepodge of, like, video and photo and design work and web. It was a little bit of everything. Uh-huh. And then I worked in an agency for a little bit, which was cool. Um, but that job was um, probably my main reason why I went back to school so I I did like two I did like a year and a half to get my associates and then I I worked for a year and then I went back to get my bachelor's Mm. and then that's when I like I was at school a lot more for my bachelor's because it was like a lot more stuff involved in it yeah and um so I would always be up there anyway so I'd always go to York uh the skate park but um yeah, so uh, basically, like, the the reason why I moved to New York is, like, I uh, I was with my girlfriend for, we've been together for, like, 10 years, and um, we, uh, she got a scholarship to SVA. Um, she's She's a, a designer, too. Um, oh, cool. So, yeah, she, she got her uh, a scholarship to the School of Visual Arts in Manhattan, and uh, it was originally just going to be, like, we're just going to come up and like, she's going to go to school and then we'll just figure it out from there. Um, we ended up just not, not, not ever leaving. Like we just liked it here. So, um, I found, I found a job up here, um, worked there for like two years and then, and then up until recently I've been doing the freelance thing, which you know about, I've been telling you about it, but, um, yeah, that's kind of like where, how I got here. Um, awesome. Yeah. Was there a lot you had to change to acclimate to New York? Like, uh, oh yeah, what were there, like was, some differences you had to overcome? Oh yeah, it was, it was uh, night and day. Like it took me a, a really long time to get used to like, and I'm still not used to it. But like all the people here, mm. it's just like, I, I mean, I live in Brooklyn, so it's a little like I couldn't live in, in Manhattan. Like that's too crazy. Like mm. I'd have to like. The part of Brooklyn that we live in, uh, Bushwick, is actually very similar to, like, 
in my opinion, very similar to like Lancaster City, oh. where it's like it's still technically the city, but it's like it's chill. Like there's not, I don't know. I I couldn't get used to like just people being like on the subway when I'd go to work. Like when I first started this job, when I first moved here, and I'd go to work. And I'd get off at Times Square, and I'd just be, like, you're packed, like, sardines in this fucking subway car. It was awful. And I was just, like, that's something that I've never gotten used to. Mm -hmm. And just, like, the amount of people and the the proximity that, like, I don't know, it's weird. Like, people are, like, okay with, like, like being, like, right, right here, (laughs) like, next to you. And they're just, they're fine with it because they're from New York. But I'm just, like... I'm from Lancaster, man. You back up. You need like a couple feet between us. Like, come on. Too close, man. Too yeah, close. for real. Like, I mean, that's that is the main thing that took me a while. Everything else is like, I don't know. Everything else is pretty similar to home. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a lot more expensive here, obviously. Yeah. Um, but then you also get paid more, so it kind of evens out. Um, right on. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really like any other city it's just i think the amount of people was the thing that took me the longest time to get used to mm-hmm. it was just every, everyone's in a rush to get nowhere here i feel like when did you uh first pick up a video camera uh so i've since school i've always kind of been in a video like yeah. that was like a big portion of what i studied when i went to school initially for like digital arts mm-hmm. um and I've always kind of like liked art and design and and video and photography and stuff. Like even in high school, I was doing film photography and um, it just, I don't know, like the, the visual side of it, I always liked. And then the fact that you could just put it on the computer and like make shit. I don't know. I just like making shit. Mm -hmm. Like it was always like a cool hobby. And then, when I was thinking of like a career, like what I, what I should do as like a full time job, I was like, well, it just makes sense to do the thing that doesn't feel like work. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's just fun, really. Like I don't know, it's it's not I'm trying to think of the word. It's not like I don't know. It's not. It doesn't feel like work to me. It's just like you're just messing around on the computer making shit and like. You know, as long as it looks good and it's presentable, like people pay good money for it. So right. I just kind of went with it. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, the video side I've always kind of liked more than design or photography, just because I felt like that was my strong suit. Mm-hmm. So when I I kind of studied like design and web and and photo and video and everything all together, and then it's only been like in the last like two years I've been taking video a lot more seriously um mainly because I think that's the most fun like editing with music and stuff is like my like my passion and um I don't know it's just it's always been a it's always been cool to like just have a job that doesn't feel like a job essentially like that's how I look at it Mm -hmm. so what was your first uh freelance video gig I know that you did uh a section for the Quaker State video, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was probably like my, I mean, at least in BMX, like I've always done like 
video jobs for like companies and stuff like uh like side jobs and stuff but as bmx industry wise like um i would say i can't remember when did quaker state come out i forget when that project was it was 2015 i think 2015 um i can't remember if it was either quaker state or Mike Stoll's Merit video. Oh, cool, yeah. It was one of those two. I can't remember which one was first. His Merit video might have been first. I can't really remember. When did you uh, first meet him? Uh, so, I've always kind of, he's always kind of been around, um, in the, in the, like, the Harrisburg, like, you know, PA scene. Yeah. Um, started hanging out with him a lot more. And, uh, when, when Grind Lab was around. Oh, yeah. So, so that was, like, I met a lot of people. Like, I met Evan Smedley and shit from that, that skate park. And I met a lot of people mm-hmm. at that skate park that, um, I felt like a lot of people, like, that I met there were, like, the guys that would take riding a little bit more seriously. Because it was out of the way, and you'd have to, you know, people aren't going to really travel that far if they're not, like, really that serious about it. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Mike was always, like, the homie that would always be around. And then, you know, he moved to Long Beach and ended up, like, trying to take his BMX career a little bit more seriously. And, I don't know, we just never lost ties. So, he's always been my connection when I go over there. Cool. Yeah. So, uh... Mike's the man. Shout out yeah. to Mike Stoll. Okay. Um, so you're in New York. You're doing yeah. video work. Uh, yeah. And uh, you started putting out more videos. I noticed, I think, maybe some animal videos and some ethic videos. Yeah, yeah. So um, basically, like, the lead up to me doing all that stuff is... Um, that job that I mentioned, like yeah. when I first moved here, yeah. it was like, I was here, it was probably like my second year into that job and it was a software company. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the marketing department basically doing video and like design work for them, like, like for sales, the sales team and shit like that. But it was kind of like, I don't know, I, I start to see a deep, uh, like a decline in like people wanting to be there like right, like the morale yeah and it started out as like it like, was like a cool place to work it was very like i don't know like it was very chill like we'd always have events like they paid for our whole company to go down to like mexico and shit like, like wow. it wasn't like uh like they they took their their craft seriously it just it wasn't it wasn't something that I was that passionate about. Like, mm-hmm. software is, like, kind of boring to me. So, right. like, the video stuff was cool. But just, like, the subject that what I was doing the video stuff for was just kind of, like, there wasn't much there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, they, they ended up, uh, I ended up leaving that company, what is it, like, la- not last October. I forget when I left. But I, I left quite a while ago, over a year ago. And, um... Yeah, I started doing freelance, and uh, I started out with, like, a couple clients, um, just, like, connections that I made through my old company, mm-hmm. and uh, I was, I was you know, I was staying, staying afloat. I wasn't uh, making a ton of money. 
Um, but it was like, I think it was like two months after I left that company, um, Ben Silver hit me up and he was the sales rep for, for Animal at the time. And I had met him through Mike Stoll from going to Long Beach a couple of times and like visiting him and like hanging out with his crew and stuff. And uh, Ben was originally from Long Island, so that was like the connection there. Mm. Um, me being in New York and like trying to like gather a scene together in New York and film. And um, he he saw the uh, I think it was posted up series. I did yeah. like three of them uh, a couple years ago. I did that while I was working at Tremor Video, that software company, um, and he liked my work and he liked how I edited and I didn't have tons of effects. It was just raw footage, yeah, clean and simple. And it was not a ton of B roll, just like quick and to the point. Mm -hmm. BMX clips with some <clears throat> music behind it. And he liked how it looked. And he mentioned my name to, uh, Ralphie and Ralphie gave me a call and he was like, yo, Ben's been mentioning your name. Uh, your, your stuff looks really awesome. Like, there's no one really in uh, New York that films. Would you be down to do a project with us? And I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, so some time went by, and and he was the team manager at, at the at the time, and he ended up leaving the leaving or cutting ties with the company, and and uh, so that was kind of it. Kind of put a hold on it on the filming process uh, because we didn't really have a. A direct connection for a team manager like we didn't that Ben was taking over the team manager stuff at that point and um, it was just uh, like kind of a block with communication so ended up that I kind of reached out to everybody on the you know Ben gave me a list of people to, to film and I hit up everybody on that list I, I just like called him or texted him like yo I'm putting together a project for Animal. Like, let's let's meet up, like all together, and um, yeah. So that's how that worked, and ended up coming out pretty well. I think like people people seem to like it. So hopefully there's more that... projects down the road. What's that? I said hopefully there's more projects down the road for them. And that was the video you just recently released, right? Yeah, the live in NYC, yeah. live in New York. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah it took a it took a good like eight to ten months because when we when we first started filming for it it was like it was probably like this, like around this time last mm -hmm. year and it was just it was really cold no one ride so like ended up that we actually started filming like months after we were supposed to and um it was just tough because like and i and i've told ben this before but it was just it, it was tough because there was a lot of people a lot of people in California like ride full time mm -hmm. and like they'll just ride every day all day because it's nice out and you know that's their full time job yeah. and shit there's um, no reason not to <laughs> exactly like I, I, if I lived in California I'd ride every fucking day that'd be fucking sick yeah. but here it's different and like it's it's a lot more expensive and um you know like all the people like Matt Miller I'd always I'd, you know shout out to Matt Miller he's the homie um yeah. It just we would everyone would be busy. Everybody has a full time job here, so it's if the weekends aren't nice, especially like in March and like 
the spring if 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 it's not nice out on the weekend like we can't go film mm-hmm. and it gets dark out so early like we we just wouldn't be able to film so that kind of like, like put a block on the filming until it got a little bit warmer mm-hmm. and then uh yeah we just we uh filmed up until i think me and matt or me and augie were still filming up until like like late November or like late October. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah, so and then I I had, I kind of pieced it together like while I was going. Nice. Um It's always a good yeah. way to go. And then ended up dropping like right before New Year's. So Cool. Yeah. Um Yeah, it worked out. Hopefully, you know, I hopefully uh animals doing good and we can do more more shit together. Oh yeah, man. Uh, it looked really good. I I Thanks, think you have a some nice lens work. Um, do you have any yeah. uh, video influences? Any uh, video producer? Uh, uh, so, people? I mean, back in the day, I don't really like when I first started riding. Like, I I, I had no idea who filmed what. Like mm-hmm. any of that shit. Like I would just watch the footage and I would just know the riders. Nowadays, like taking BMX a little bit more seriously. Like. Uh, I would say Tony Ennis is like my main main dude that I always like I follow all of his stuff mm-hmm. um, I just like how he like all the stuff that he he does is like very very raw and it's not like there's not a ton of like film burns or like transitions it's like not even color correction like he literally takes footage off of his camera cuts it up adds maybe a couple like burst like scenes in between to like i don't know like to add style or whatever and that's pretty much it and i i always kind of like fiending was like the main video that i always watched like Mm -hmm. when i started getting back into it and that video was just like an eye-opener like how different bmx had gotten like since Mm -hmm. i stopped it was just like everything before was just like like hucking it going like a million miles an hour and just like blasting shit and now it's like gotten so much much slower so much more technical like and personally i love that style because that's how i ride but um i don't know i just i would always watch his videos and like all of his videos would be very like like strictly like taking footage right off of a camera and just dropping it in a video program and exporting it and i think that like I hate saying it because it's very cliche designer to say it, but it's like less is more. Mm -hmm. Like I always felt that the less effects and like just focus on the composition and like, you know, the framing and stuff of the, of the clip is like way more important than like filming it shitty and then try to pretty up it up with effects. Like I would rather just do it right from the beginning and then just like, I don't know. It looks way better, in my opinion, when you do it that way. But that's just me. That's how I yeah. do it. Why wouldn't you do it that way, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just the most. I mean, sometimes way to do it. Sometimes you gotta take a clip that looks like it was filmed with a shake weight, you know. <laughs> like I've I've filmed with VX in the past, and I love I love that style. Like it's a classic like BMX look, and like obviously skateboarding. Like um, the the VX is like a classic look to for that like for our sport but um i don't know that reason that you just stated about like 
having to be very overly careful with all the footage and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've known so many people that, you know, have amazing footage but lost it because of, you know, the transition from tape to digital or whatever. Yeah. And that's kind of been my reason why I just always went HD because I, I just, I don't want to put with all that yeah. shit. But. At this day and age, you're not missing anything. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like, especially if you do a full length, if you do a full length standard def and you capture every clip, it's like, you basically have to live every clip over again, which is cool, yeah, really. but you know, uh, it drags on, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. When yeah, you've got I, some, like, when you can just film on anything digital and drag and drop, yeah, you just you just cut, like, your whole process time down, like, a third yeah. at least, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's yeah, I've, I've always kind of gravitated towards HD, um, mainly because it was just, it was more accessible, and, and like we've been saying, like, it's just easy, a little easier to use. Mm-hmm. Um that being said, though, I, I do have a couple friends that have VXs in New York, and I'm like, oh, how much you want for that? Like, <laughs> thinking about, like, taking up a second second camera. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be sick if you did HD and you used some kind of GL or, or VX to do B-roll. Yeah. But basically, you know, those tips are like, those tapes are like gold. So it's like only yeah, spend yeah. that on, on stuff you really want to film. Like you, yeah, yeah. you don't want to film like an indoor flat rail edit with a VX, you know? <laughs> I know what you mean. Like, uh, when I got a hold of my GL, I had, it had some crappy wide angle on it. And, um, shout out to Josh Kurtz for helping me get that camera. Cause he had it before me. He took real good care of it. That's so yeah. I went and bought. Uh, a nice like Opteca lens mm-hmm. for the GL. It was like the most expensive thing I ever bought at the time. It, you know, <laughs> I spent like my whole uh, tax return on it. Yeah. And um, I'd say I got that on there and I finished editing or I finished filming fucks with it. And yeah. within the next year, the GL just started glitching, saying eject tape, eject tape. And yeah. then it got to the point where like, you know, you're in the middle of filming somebody and it's glitching out on you and you're like, this can't be happening, like, yeah. whatsoever, b- because people yeah. are putting themselves on the line. You know, yeah. You got it. Yep. So now I just sit here and collects dust until I can figure out how to fix it. <laughs> but um, one thing I did appreciate with filming with it was not not the format, but so much as, like, pointing it and framing it and being able to keep things in the shot. Yeah. because. HD stuff, you couldn't zoom nicely right away. It was yeah. all kind of weird at first. Yep. And that's yep. where I felt like, for me personally as a filmer, I really enjoyed being able to play with the zoom, like real nice and easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't always need it. It's not for every clip, but when you can No, but I mean, it, I definitely agree with you. Like a, like a long lens shot on, like, I was actually filming, um, I was just filming with Matt on. I think he's he's uh, he's filming for the new chocolate truck video. Oh hell yeah! I think it's I think it's the second one. Mm-hmm. So they, yeah, yeah, second one. Um, we were up in in, uh, in the Bronx, and I was filming with his, and it was just like oh, it just it feels so natural to just. It's like basically like how you film like iPhone clips is yeah. like is so similar to how you would film, like, framing-wise, how you would film with, like, 
the zoom on a, on a, on a VX or something. It's like, it, it just, I don't know. When it comes to HD, I definitely, like, most of my videos are just, like, strictly all fisheye. Mm-hmm. And I just like, because I love the fisheye that's on my camera. But um, typically when I when I shoot VX, I'm like, take the fisheye off. Let, let me fuck with the zoom a little bit. Like, yeah. I, I prefer it way more than fisheye on VX. But it's kind of fun me. to play with. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. VX is dope, but... HD is is my preference right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The sign of the time. You got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um. Yeah, I. Uh, I don't know what's what's next on the agenda as far as like equipment goes. Like, I just finished this. Um, this is a good transition, actually. Like, I just finished this. Uh, the shoot with this guy, um, uh, Hugo, uh, I forget his last name, but he's, uh, he's on Instagram. I'll have to shout him out, but he's a, he's a freelancer from France and he just hit me up via Instagram the other day. And, um, he lives in LA right now, but he's, he, uh, he got a job, um, doing a, a freelance video job for, uh, for Theta 360. Mm. It's like those new 360 cameras that are coming out. Um, I think GoPro has one, but uh, Theta, I'm pretty sure, is like the cheaper cheaper one. Let me find his Instagram real quick. Uh, Hugo Bordes, at Hugo Bordes on Instagram. He's uh, he's the dude. He hooked it up. Like he, um, he came out with like a full production. Like yesterday, we were out in the freezing cold and on... Mm. Um, we started in Dumbo in Brooklyn, and then we went over to, uh, over the Brooklyn Bridge, over to uh, to Manhattan, and basically he had like this big fucking like red rig, like red camera rig, and he oh, shit. he had like yeah, it was it was a ser- like a serious like commercial, like I guess basically their idea behind it was that they they saw my like video work that I I'd done on Instagram and stuff like the animal video and. And all the other, and the stuff from Mesrol and Ethic that I've been doing, um, and they liked that, and they were like, "Yo, this guy, you know, is seems like he knows knows video work really well, and um, he knows how to ride a bike too. So maybe we can have him in this shoot." And he hit me up, and I was like, "Yeah, let's meet in the morning." And um, the idea was that I basically have this 360 camera attached on my bike he follows me with like a drone and a red camera and stuff we start in dumbo and i'm like i'm like playing like this bike messenger guy Mm -hmm. and i pick up this this box and i put it in my my backpack and i just like sprint all the way over to manhattan like across the bridge i'm just doing like peg chinks off curbs and like Mm -hmm. manuals and shit like i try to add as much like jibby shit as i could into it but some of the, like I don't know. I tried to do an ice pick and I kind of fucked up on it. And he was like, "Yeah, let's just go to a next spot, like not waste your time." I was like, yeah, <laughs> "Duck, but it's whatever." Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, his his camera work was incredible. Like I was watching some of the shots and like he has me doing like I'm doing like a hop three, and he filmed it like I think he was filming it like two hundred to three hundred frames per second. 
Holy it looks shit. crazy. Yeah. Like it, it's like super slow mo. Like the bike is just like turning like ever so slightly, and it looks sick. But I think that kind of work is like completely different to like the work that I'm interested in doing. So I don't know if I don't know. I, I've seen people film BMX stuff with like reds and like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I think it's kind of overkill. Mm-hmm. But I mean. I say that, and I see all the footage that this guy, Hugo, filmed last two days, and I'm like, I wish Reds were cheaper, because I'd really like to fuck around with those things. Like, they're so sick. Yeah. I remember, um, I think it was Let's Get Mystical, or whatever mutiny video that was. That's a good video, by the way. I think it was that one. It was, like, the first, like, really HD one. Yeah. Where he had like a whole Joe Simon had like a whole section of slow mos that were like sh- shot. Yeah. And it was just that's a, that's like when you saw how cool it could be, and obviously you know it, there's taste to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You can't watch thirty yeah. minutes of slow mos, you know. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's sick sure. that like that stuff's coming out. I've I've caught myself watching like somebody do a hop truck on Instagram, and it was like a slow the whole time. Oh, it was Doby. You know Doby. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoy his I'm pretty sure. too. I think he's pretty sick. But um, he posted a yeah. slow mo of Chad Curley doing a truck, and I, wa- I must have watched it like twenty times. But I felt like I was actually <laughs> learning, like watching the slow mo. <laughs> it was like, like a step by step process. Yeah, it was like shot so slow and like such a high speed camera that you could see like everything, all the motor. Because like see his like fingers move like on the bars and shit. That's yeah. crazy. and then your brain That's can wild. dissect exactly how to do it. Yeah, how it's done. Okay, maybe maybe by 2020 I'll get trucks, you know. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always, like, I've always wanted to, I've, I've only filmed, like, I've never filmed film with one, like, owned one, but mm-hmm. I've, I've filmed one with one, like, on, like, freelance jobs, like, rented them and stuff. Like, they're so complex, and I feel like for, like, a... Unless they get a lot more simple and how to use them, I mm-hmm. feel like it's just it's too much overkill. Because when I would show up, and he's, I was like, "All right, yeah, I'm gonna do like a little ice pick on this ledge. I'm gonna like try to get the whole shit so it looks really good." And there's like some puddles of water on it, so like when the peg hits the puddle, it'll like splash up and shit. Yeah. Thought that would be kind of cool for a commercial. But um, when I was when I was doing that, I was like, "All right, yeah, I'm ready." And he's like all right, give me 15 minutes. I was like, 15 minutes? He's like, yeah. He's like, I, I need to, you know, set up and stuff. I was like, damn, all right. Like, if it was, if it was like a cannon or something, like the stuff that I use, I pull it out. It's in focus. All right, go. Like, two minutes. But I feel like unless they get a lot more simple, like, at least for BMX and skateboarding, I feel like it's overkill. Yeah. It's just, it, it takes too much time. There's, like, so much stuff involved. It's, just, it's ridiculous. Because that's, that's the other thing is you, if you're filming street, you're going to be somewhere that you're probably not supposed to be. And exactly. you're going to pull out a camera and document it. Exactly, or, yeah. you know, Or you're in a neighborhood you don't want to be in longer, too long, you know. Yeah. You don't want to wear out yeah, your welcome. Yeah. Do you find it, do you find with, like, the HD stuff, like, it kind of sketchy at all, like, setting up, setting up for a shot like you got to have someone watching your bag um because i would imagine with a red camera it would be like too nerve-wracking to be well i asked him i was like so so how much how much is this rig like all together and he was like 
Oh, I took out a loan for it. I was like, you took out a loan for a camera? Like, he, he, he makes payments as if it's like a car. <laughs> like, it's like his car payments, would, like when I had my car, like back in PA, yeah. it's like similar amount of money. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you pay that for a camera? Like, that's crazy. Wow. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know. What was your question again? I forgot. Oh, I got, just I like, got, I'm thinking about this red and I'm just like, oh, I need one. But. Uh, about like watching your shit when you're trying to film. Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, when I when we were in Lancaster, that was that was never really an issue in Lancaster, and I've never really like needed to worry about it. But when I moved to New York, it was like I'm obviously not from here, so I was I I knew the reputation of New York, so I was like, as soon as I moved here, I was always like watching my shit, like making sure it was like hung up, like I could see it. Yeah. Um, and that's just like. New York common sense because everyone has sticky fingers up here but um, I don't know most of the places that I film here are pretty open and there's like a lot of people around so I doubt anybody would do anything Mm -hmm. but we have gotten into situations where like we're in East New York or like the Bronx or something which is like obviously like not great areas I mean not terrible at all all, but like shitty shit can happen anywhere Exactly. Like, I, I, I don't know. It, I'm always, like, making sure, like, if if I'm setting my bag down, like, typically we have, like, a group with us when we mm. go film, so it's, like, not that big of a deal. Right. But yeah. there have been a couple situations where I'm, like, where, like, someone hits me up and, like, yo, I want to get a clip, and, um, you know, no one else wants to come, and it would probably be better if no one else did, and so we can just, it's just you and me. Yeah, and uh, I typically just wear the backpack. Like I take it out and then keep it strapped oh, right. on me That's like the move. entire time. Nice. But I mean, I don't know. It, it depends, really. Like it doesn't really matter. Like where you are in New York, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't fuck with you just because there's a lot of people here. Like yeah. the I... only the only thing is like. People just don't seem to care mm-hmm. like I've seen like people like get into fights and stuff on the street and just like people walk by like it's it's no big deal <laughs> like people are just like on their phones and like just totally like, ignoring it push out of reality and wow. yeah which I feel like that's a New York thing but I don't know everybody so, kind of like just looks out for themselves here which yeah seems kind of fucked up but it's like the New York way, I feel like. like it's it's kind of like this is kind of the way of living when you live amongst a, a large amount of people. Yeah, yeah. I, that's kind of what I picked up when I lived in Philly. I was there yeah. for like six years and it was like, yo, you need to move or somebody will move you. You need exactly. to get out of the way. Yeah. And, yeah. Like there's like yeah. a an unwritten or unspoken hustle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it, that's, it's very similar yeah. um, in Philly too. It's just I feel like on a, in New York, it's just on a... It's basically larger the same scale. thing that you just described in Philly, just on a larger scale, yeah. basically. Yeah. Now, did but, you uh, pick Did you pick your current camera setup based on how quick you can kind of get it together and be able um, to be filming? Uh, not really. I mean, it, it's definitely, it definitely helps, especially on, like, these ethics shoots that mm-hmm. I've been doing, like switching back and forth between photography and video because mm-hmm. they like video stuff on their Instagram, but they also like a lot of photos and like, um, 
photos obviously take less time to edit and stuff than a video would, so it's a lot easier for me to post when it's like a when it's a photo. But um, I think the the fact that you can have a DSLR and you can flip back and forth between photo and video mm. was always appealing to me, and that's a, initially why I got. I started out with a, a T3i, a Canon. Mm -hmm. um, not very special, just like an entry-level DSLR. Yeah. And I started with that and ended up getting like a collection of lenses. And since then, because I haven't want, wanted to like sell my whole gear and like restock lenses and stuff, I've just been upgrading the body. Right. So, so I, I've always had the same fisheye, the same zoom, the same 50 mil. And I just keep upgrading. So I, I have a T3i. I have a 70D now. Um, they both shoot 1080p. It's just like the sensor and the 70D is like a little bit better. So like all the colors and hmm. stuff is a little bit more crisp. But yeah, I, I think for the most part, I'm going to stick with Canon. Um, essentially because I, like, I've been looking at like Sony's and stuff and like they're really, really nice. Um, but it just, I don't know. It just, I don't, I can't see myself like, it's just such a hassle to have to like switch up brands, especially when you have like all your gear is Canon mm -hmm. and like, it's just easier to just upgrade to another, a better Canon instead of like switching over to Sony. And then you have, I don't know. Is there a lot That's of lenses kind of that you have to stock? What's up? Is there a lot of lenses that you hold on to? Like, it seems like f filming with HD, like I, I film HD, but I film with uh, an iPhone. Okay. Um, I know the reason I did that, uh, that I switched over, was because of my GL shitting out, and I was like, oh, I ain't, there ain't no way in hell I'm getting an, a DSLR. So that's so why I just switched to iPhone. Yeah. But. I mean, iPhones are so amazing nowadays that, like, even, like, well, we were shooting, like, this, this, um, this 360 camera shoot that I was just on is, is crazy because he was using the red camera and he was showing me how the footage looks. And then this, this, his second shooter was using an iPhone 10. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I mean, the red obviously looks better, yeah, but it's not that far off. And that's a fucking phone. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, and even with my Canon, it's like, I compare video that I've filmed for like IG or something compared to like, my DSLR, the DSLR obviously has a certain look to it, and that's yeah. why I use it. But, yeah. I mean, crispness-wise, the phone, I think, is better now, like, to be <laughs> honest. Like, and I, my, my HD camera isn't a shitty camera at all. It's just the phones have gotten so crazy lately that it's just it's making everything else obsolete. Yeah, I noticed that it's like if you can hold the phone really steady, you can get some pretty convincing footage. Yeah. I mean... What, what my point was, like, I'm completely, like, um, what's the word for it? I'm intimidated by the idea. Like, I have a photo camera. I know how to use uh, a photo camera and take pictures and shit. Yeah. And I know how to use the GL, but I don't know how. To, and, I've like, I can use a digital camera is my point, but I can't fathom knowing all the different lenses for video work. That seems like a whole other monster to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean... It, I, I know what you mean. I typically have, I, I typically use a 50 mil for all my photo work just mm -hmm. because it has like that crisp, like he'll be like, my face will be in focus, but like everything like right behind me will all be blurry. Like I love that look. 
and that's like a classic 50 mil like low aperture look but but that look doesn't really translate in video that much Mm -hmm. typically if i'm trying to do like a long lens shot i'll use the zoom lens and that way i can kind of like it's not as good as like a a vx zoom but it's like if if you're steady with it 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 looks a lot better than the 50 mil Mm -hmm. and typically all the hd stuff that i do video wise is like all fisheye nowadays so yeah um so you don't have to worry about too much about lenses no i i typically use the fisheye for video and then typically use the 50 mil for photo and that's how i've been doing it for a while i might invest in some new lenses soon though to switch it up nice um yeah there's definitely a um a difference between in my opinion like photo versus video and what lenses you use because i don't know i know what you mean like certain things look okay on a certain lens in photo but it doesn't translate to the same kind of look in video now i seem to remember when when uh like dslrs first were coming out that you could hear them focus it was like yeah was that like a thing that came and went is that no longer an issue so I had that, like, when I said I had a T3i as, like, my beginner, my T3i was noisy as fuck. Mm. Like, when I would have the autofocus on and you'd have the little button at the top and you just try to autofocus, like, while they're moving, like, while you're recording, you could hear the focus motor, like, complete, like, yeah. you couldn't use the audio. Like, yeah. you'd have to use an external microphone if you wanted to use that camera autofocus function. Like, it was terrible. Yeah. But the, the 70D is is so silent and i don't know if it's the lenses that i use nowadays or whether it's the camera but it it's it's so silent and the 70d is super nice because especially for fisheye shots like this was the main thing main difference that i saw going from the t3i to the 70d was that when i had the fisheye on it i would have autofocus and if you're doing like a line like uh like following somebody on a skateboard or something mm-hmm. and the guy comes closer and then he goes away like further away of the shot the the cannon will keep him in in focus the entire time uh, whereas the t3i he would get closer it would get blurry and then you'd go to the focus point and he'd go into into uh christmas like it was just like yeah that little thing was like such a huge like now I don't even have to like I don't even have to worry about that anymore. Like yeah. it'll he like I just put that that uh, autofocus on and he'll just <laughs> don't don't even worry about if he's in focus. It'll just the camera will do the work. Which, That's awesome. Yeah, it was a it was a big game changer for for how I filmed because before I was just doing like like standalone shots where I just like I'd be still and they just do the trick and I'd follow them that way or that way or something. Uh-huh. But now like I'm trying to do like incorporate like more lines into my video work because it's like might as well take advantage of that that option on that camera yeah hell yeah have um my buddy dave rafa when i lived in rochester he had i would film with him and he had like a panasonic i think it was called hvx oh okay yeah i believe it was like it wasn't quite hd but it shot on a tape or card but the footage was like the crispiest standard def footage I ever saw. Yeah. And yeah. It had a zoom 
like you know you have a focus ring yeah it had a zoom ring and i'll tell you what that was like so sick to film with like hell like, yeah shooting like filming dave when i oh my god it was so fun because you didn't have to worry about putting too much pressure on and all of a sudden you like fucking accidentally zoomed out too hard like it was so easy to keep somebody in a shot if you were you could just like dad cam it from like a mile away and you could still yeah. get a really sick shot yeah yeah but I, yeah i've um i've used i've used a couple of those kinds of cameras my friend um jp uh i've been doing some freelance work with him um shout out to jp bevins on instagram he's he's the homie but he's been um getting he's a lot more into like track bikes now he's right. like more into fixies and stuff um but he's been like one of the guys that's like i've always known because he always like rides trails and stuff he's always around but um he's got this freelance business and and he just picked up a new camera recently that shoots on tape but it's hd hmm. And it's like, it's similar to what you were talking about. And it was, I was like, wow, this is HD. It's on tape. Like, what's going on here? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And I don't know. I, it's like a VX HD, basically. Yeah. It was, I forget what it was. I think it was a Sony or maybe it was Panasonic. I think it was Panasonic. I forget what the maybe name of the, the same thing. Uh, it's probably the same camera. Yeah. Or just like the updated version of it. Cool. But, yeah. I, I, uh, I need to invest in one. He he said he he picked it up for like a thousand bucks, which in my opinion is like not that much that not that much money for a for a like an HD camera nowadays. Like, yeah, so expensive, but <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So what's uh yeah. what's the next move for Sam Downs? <laughs> Jesus, um, I see you. You've been uh doing edits for Messerol. And that's, yeah, that's a local bike shop up there? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Mesereau Shop. Um, yeah. <laughs> Shout out here. Um, he's, uh, Andrew York owns it. He's, uh, he's the homie. He's been hooking me up for a while now. And um, we've been doing, like, uh, he's the team manager for Ethic. Mm. So that's how I got that gig. He's been, like, um, looking at me to do, like, more photo and video for Ethic. And, um yeah, I've been. It's kind of slow right now because it's been so pulled out. But mm. um, that's like kind of the the crew that I'm chilling with right now, and he uh, he really holds it down. Like he, he's trying to make that that shop into like the main shop in New York, and I think he like me and him are on the way to make it like good. Because like I, I don't know, it's just like a really cool vibe. Like it's mm. it's I don't know. It's just chill. It's like a, just a bunch of friends that like hang out at a bike shop. Like every Thursday, we like go over there and just drink and close the gate and smoke and stuff. It's dope. But um, oh, yeah. yeah, it's just I live close to it. It's all the homies go to go there. Like when it's warm out, we always meet there and then we just go ride street in the area. Like I don't know, Mesrol shops like definitely uh, definitely popping off. I'm hoping that uh, it continues that way. I think he's. I think he's getting a new location soon too like so he, like, he wants to get he wants well he he's just moving i don't think he's gonna mm -hmm. um i don't think he's gonna keep the original place um right. he's looking for like a a place that has like like the place that he's at right now is basically looks like a garage mm -hmm. it's kind of cool because it's in a it's in like a kind of a shitty space but it's like i don't know he, he's looking to like 
you know, sell more bikes and stuff. So obviously, like, it would make sense to make it look a little nicer. Yeah. Um, he's looking at, like, a place with, like, a glass front where he, like, display area where he could, like, put bikes up front. And that, he doesn't really have that right now. It's just more of, like, a... It literally looks like a garage right now, but... I mean, if he's if he's keeping the ship afloat with it the way it is, it seems like it could only be better if, you know, he had, like, a front window where people could kind of tell what it is. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so we've been... Me and him have been good friends for like a couple years now but um we've been trying to get like his his uh youtube channel popping off a little bit Mm -hmm. um and we were doing we were doing a lot of events like uh i'd film like anytime mesrol would sponsor a like an event like there was one in connecticut like before it got cold that i think it was in september or something we took a we rented a van and just drove up there um and i I filmed the whole event and like he would be announcing stuff and shit it, it was cool awesome. and then um there was another series that we started doing that was actually in my opinion like the more popular series that mm-hmm. uh a lot of people got like really competitive was the game of bike mm. so we'd have like thursday nights was, was like always the night that we'd chill at Mazarol. Mm-hmm. and it was uh a ton of people would show up when it would be warm out and we'd have like 20 30 kids there and just like hanging out drinking beer and stuff and um we'd, we'd set up the rail out front and then we just we'd ask you know who wants to play game of bike and like we'd at, at first it was just kind of like not taking re- it really that seriously and we're just like like a rail game of bike and then i'd film the whole thing and then post it to youtube mm-hmm. but after a couple of them got done it was like all right who can we match up? Who's like yeah. the rising talent in New York and like who can go against each other? So we had the most recent one I think we did was Marcus Hoyt. Uh, he rides for Animal um, and uh, Joey Monsta. And he's he's rep by Animal and um, Mesorol Shop. So um, that was a really good game. It was really close. And I wish, I wish it was still warm out. But once it gets warm out again, we're going to... We're going to start that series up again because not only was it, like, competitive, but, like, it was also awesome because you'd have all these, like, drunk people, like, in the background, like, talking shit and, like, throwing shit. And, oh, it was amazing. Like, it's not just, like, a competitive game of bike, but it's also, like, a shit-talking fest. And I feel like, I don't know, it just adds some, like, comedic value to the video, I guess. (laughs) Uh, yeah, that sounds awesome. We're I definitely gonna start out. doing that. Yeah, yeah. Next cool. time, you should come up to New York, man. We we should uh, we should chill a Mesorol on a Thursday night, uh, <laughs> especially when it's warm out. That'd right now, sick. it kind of sucks. No one wants to ride, but yeah, definitely when it gets warmer, we should do something like that. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Thanks for uh, sitting down and shooting the shit with me, man. Yeah, of um, course, man. I'm happy to be a part of it. Thanks for thanks for inviting me. Yeah, of course. Let me know when you're in New York. We can. I'll show you around. Hopefully, meet up with McLovin or something. Yeah. I saw him the other day. Actually, he's doing good. Cool, cool. He stays in the he stays in the Bronx though. He doesn't he doesn't want to come over to this borough. Oh yeah, is he near Malali? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, uh he's up in Malali, like by Malali and Malali. Um, yeah. Cool. We we tried to get him to come to Manhattan the other day, and he's like, Nah, I think I'm just gonna stay in the Bronx. I was like. <laughs> You never leaving, bro. You're gonna stay here forever. Like he yeah. loves the grimy shit. I think that's just McLovin, though. <laughs> For sure. 
Um, anything, uh, anything left you want to plug or tell people to go check out? Uh, yeah, just uh, follow me in Mesrol Shop on Instagram. Um, gonna have some more shit coming out soon, um, especially when it gets warmer. We actually have a trip uh, planned the first two weeks of February. We got—I forgot to mention this—but we're gonna have. We rented an Airbnb, and like the whole shop is going. Like we're uh, we're going to California, and we're gonna meet up with Mike Stahl and everybody in Long Beach. And uh, I think we have like two, like you know, the fifteen passenger vans, like the big like ones, like everybody uses, like all the companies use. Like we got like two of those rented. Holy like shit. there's gonna be a shit ton of people from New York going over there, but damn. Um, yeah, if anybody's in listening in in uh, Long Beach or LA, uh, hit me up. We're gonna be there from February second to the tenth, I believe. It's gonna be the whole like Meserol crew, so damn. Hopefully, see you out there. Hell yeah! All Thanks right. for having me on it, and I appreciate love and hit me up when you're in New York. Yeah, man, definitely. All right, cool, and thank you. Thanks again for listening. Shout out to Matt Steiner for audio mixing the phone call conversation. Helping it sound a little bit better. He's on Instagram at plays one on TV. Give him a holler if you need some audio work. If you're looking forward to next week, I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about exactly, but I do know one of the upcoming topics is going to be frame shopping. Tax season's here. Money's in your pocket. How are you going to spend it? See ya.